Welcome to Inspiration Time Podcast with your host, Pastor Olabisi, author, publisher, passionate lover of the Word of God and senior pastor of Freedom House International Ministries, London, UK. Our main goal for Inspiration Time Podcast is to help believers across the globe cultivate and maintain a daily, meaningful relationship with God. Through thought-provoking sermons, Holy Spirit-led Christian prayers, life-changing testimonies, soul-uplifting Christian prose and poems, inspiring interviews, and godly-glorifying psalmist praise and worship songs. If you are after a unique kind of kingdom-centered daily inspiration that can help you grow and mature in your relationship with God, Inspiration Time Podcast is certainly the right one for you. We are here to encourage, inspire, enlighten, empower, and equip you to be all that God has created you to be in this journey called life. Why not subscribe today to Inspiration Time Podcast on iTunes? That way, you won't miss any of our inspirational episodes. We will also be grateful if you can help us spread the word about Inspiration Time Podcast to others out there. Visit our website today at www.encouragedbygod.com to pick up your subscriber free gift. Stay tuned in to Inspiration Time Podcast and happy listening. They overcame by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. Be inspired, encouraged, empowered, and equipped to serve your God-given purpose as you listen to our guest's testimony on the soul-liberating Beauty for Ashes talk show with your host, Shade Papula. Coming up next on Inspiration Time podcast. Stay tuned for a soul-edifying time of inspiration on Inspiration Time podcast. welcome once again to beauty for ashes yes my name is shade kukwala in the studio today i have a very interesting guest his name is alan boa and welcome to beauty for ashes tell us what your life was starting even from the age of five what happened yeah so well i suppose i'll start from the time i walked into the kitchen and i saw my mother rolling on the floor in agony screaming Mm-hmm. And she said, get Mrs. Haynes, the next door neighbour. So I did. This is in the morning. And I went off to school. When I came back from school, she was no longer there. Your mum? My mum was no longer there, but my grandmother was there. Mm-hmm. They had taken her to hospital. Okay. So my grandmother took myself and my sister to her house for three weeks. Then my father came home from sea, because he was away at sea at the time, because I used to go and buy the vegetables, because mm-hmm. my mother wasn't well. Mm-hmm. Last five. Mm-hmm. And we were put into a Bridgley's and Children's home. And whilst in that home, I was extremely disturbed. I'm I'd, sure. I'd already had a lot of trouble in my first school fighting. Mm-hmm. I went to the second school now from the home. I didn't want to go, cried. I got there. Um, I got into trouble with a big dinner lady trying to give me custard. Big dinner lady, and yeah, I can imagine you're real tiny. You had some nerve. Tiny five year old, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, there was a tug of war going on with the plate. She wanted to give me the t- custard. 
I didn't want the custard, but I realised I couldn't defeat her. So mm. I outwitted her, even at five. So OK, I'll have the custard. She got the big ladle, started to pull the custard. I pulled the plate away. Of course, the custard went all over the floor. Oh dear. So that was one thing that would have been reported. And then another time, we used to have to write on slates. Mm. That little square slate like mm -hmm. that, about ten inch. Remember those? Yeah. You do that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like like an like a like an iPad. Yes. Know, same size and manual. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and I just had in my mind I wanted to hit the kid in the head, but I didn't have any grudge against the kid. It's just my waywardness. Mm. So I picked up to hit him like that, and the kid behind me stopped me. So we're having a tug of war when the teacher came in. Well, obviously. I got expelled from that school. Mm. Then I went to another school, and I remember falling out with this lad who I thought was a big head. He thought he was the big head, mm -hmm. so I'm challenging him. And he got all the kids on his side against me. And then two little boys came and said, what are you doing? I said, well, we're fighting. Do you want to play? He said, yeah. They came next to me, and this big gang came around, and the two kids ran off. Mm. But I still fought the big gang. Okay. No one wanted to get hit first. I'm only five. Where did you get this boldness I from? I don't know. Just because I'm trying to imagine you, little tiny you, with a big <laughs> guy. You know, there has to be some kind of boldness. I, I th yeah, I think there was a boldness there. Mm. Yeah, because I've done a lot of bold things in my life since then in that outlook mm. too. Mm. I've been to some crazy places where people have said, "Oh, you shouldn't have gone there." You know, mm. and I've done a lot of stuff abroad. Right. So, so yeah, I've been to some hairy places. Can imagine. I mean, I could. I could go into some depth in some of those places if you wanted. Mm. If I, if you want me to jump into adulthood from childhood, I can do. No, that. I wanted. To, I want people to understand, to get a picture of what your life was and how you now came into Christ and what you're doing. Okay. Because be known to other people, you're gonna hear how his life was so transformed that because of God, the God that we serve, that was in him when he gave his life crying in the area was going down. It actually went down. Places were being closed down. Places, pubs and stuff were being closed down. I tell you, you need to be careful with him. So go <laughs> on. <laughs> yes, yeah, so I um, got into temper tantrums with the kids in the home mm. and I'd pick up anything, a knife. Um, fortunately for me, I never did get around to stabbing somebody. There was always some bigger kid behind me able to stop me. So basically, there was so much anger. Yes, I think there was a lot of anger. I think it was temper. I, I couldn't, I couldn't handle being um, humiliated, demeaned. Mm. You know, uh, you know what kids are like. They like to, to, to be a bit cruel and a bit mean, and, and to show like that. that they're there. Or something. Yeah, and I remember throwing throwing stones on kids' heads and seeing them bounce off their heads because they teased me. Did, were, did, the, did the state actually put you in a hole? Because today, from what you're describing, I think they would say you've got ADHD or age something something. They give it a name. I don't know why I wasn't punished. I remember when I was five, I put a girl in hospital. I slashed her legs about 80 times with a knife. And they never punished me. But I had to see a child psychologist from the age of about six or something like that about the age of 11. And did they pick it up that it was anger well, and frustration? Well, I think so. I even hit the psychologist. I couldn't understand why she wouldn't hit me back. She was an adult. And I didn't understand why she wouldn't hit me back. Because the ladies in the children's home would. Mm. They thrashed you, in fact. You, you know? can't do that now. You get get thrown into jail for that. Yeah, things they did. I, I was tied to the bed once. I, I was hit with um, a wooden clothes brush. Wow. All sorts of things. Well, you can't do that these days. I was days. held down while one girl punched me in the face. Yeah. So, so what happened? What 
at what stage did you start to seek for help? Well, I, I wasn't really seeking anything, really. I think God sought me. Hmm. Amen. <laughs> yeah, hmm. I got put on a probation, hmm. and the first person who had me on probation, Arthur Cager, was a Christian. Okay. And, uh, and I became friends with him, and that was the first time I'd really become friends with an adult, hmm. really. And uh, we had a lot of things in common, because I liked electronic things, and so did he, so we okay. had things to talk about. Mm. Then he found I was pushing drugs, mm. and he was saying to me, look, you can't save up for these things if you push in drugs. And I thought, mm. yeah, he's right. So instead of pushing them, I started selling them to make the money. <laughs> so I, I, you know, I listened to him, but I listened to him in the wrong way. Yes, so, you did, yeah, you yeah, did. Yeah. But I got put in a detention centre mm -hmm. for selling drugs, and the warden of the detention centre was a Christian. Oh, wow. So every week we had people come in, scientists who said that they'd found God through studying science. Hello. Yes. Hello. And, and lots of um, music groups with guitars coming in and singing uh, so, gospel songs. Sorry, was this in the home you were in that you no, had the Christian? That, no, in the, in the home that I was put in, mm. my, my friend's mother worked there mm -hmm. and she used to get us to pray at night time before going to bed. Okay. And they sacked her because they said she was too religious. But they, they were quite happy to take us to the Anglican Church. Oh. They didn't want to say, say personal prayers. Interesting, isn't it? Sorry, say that again. They were quite happy to take us to the Anglican Church okay. on Sunday. Yes. But they didn't want us to say prayers. I wonder why. And this lady was praying with us. Probably praying... Religious people, me. that's why. Probably praying personal prayers where you could really connect with God. That's right. And because you were in a dead place, mm. that's why I had you repeat what you said. Yes. It was a dead place. They were okay for you to go there. Well, you're not going to go any further anyway. Mm. But what, so what, tell me, tell us more. What happened? How did the lady now come to affect you? you... Well, I think it was something that went in inside here. Mm. And they, they took us to Sunday school and it was like a high Anglican church. But as a little boy, even as a little boy, I sensed they were just religious, you know. And it didn't really have any effect on their lives. Mm. Because after I came to know Christ personally for myself, mm -hmm. I went to my sister's wedding and I started speaking to all my family about how I'd found Jesus and how he changed my life. I stopped taking the drink, I stopped taking the drugs. And I started to love people. For the first time, I had compassion when I saw people on the oh, TV not wanting to in, hit in them. Africa. Do you understand? Oh, that compassion God. I never had before. And I talked to my auntie, and she was my great aunt. That okay. was my mother's auntie my grandmother's sister. She says, your mother was a Christian. Hello. Hello. So she must have prayed for me. She definitely did pray for you and yeah. God heard those prayers. Yeah. God heard those prayers. Right, I want us to go back so the people can, you know, so you can give the people an understanding of when, how you came to know Christ. Okay. It happened that I was coming out of this detention centre mm. and they wouldn't let me out at 7.30 with all the others in the morning. I think they knew I was going to push drugs to them because I was going to definitely <laughs> push drugs to them. So they wouldn't let me out until 9.30 and I was only living local to, to where the probation office was. So mm. I went to the probation office. He had decided to take me to this Christian fellowship because there were, an elder there was going to take me in. Mm -hmm. the, the leader of the Christian fellowship would come to visit me in the, in the detention centre. Okay. And we sat there for half an hour saying nothing. And in the end I said, I'm going to change. He said, you can't change. Yes, I can. No, you can't. In my mind, I'm thinking, hang on, he's saying I can't. Yeah, he's the sort of person that wants me to change. I'm saying it to impress him. On the strength of that, they said they take me. Okay. Well, I walked in 
um, on the Tuesday night, and there was this lad that I knew who was a heroin addict in the prayer meeting. A no, former heroin addict? Yes. No cold turkey, nothing, got peace. Hello. How about that? And so that really spoke to me. Well, come, I'm, I'm decorating in, in, the, in the music room of the property mm. uh, with a young lad, a German lad, and he started to share his life story and how he was very heavy on the drink and how he was set free from the drink. Mm -hmm. He was coming in the other room, and I went in the other room, and he opened up the Bible and he read Isaiah 53 to me, mm -hmm. how the Lord bore our iniquity, our sure. sin, in his own body. Mm -hmm. So um, he then said, look, Jesus said, I'll never leave you or forsake you. Well, no one's ever said that to me. Mm -hmm. Then he said to me, um, would you pray with me? And I said, well, I didn't know how to. I said, no, I don't know how to. We had an argument. And uh, <laughs> he said, I'll tell you what I do. I'll say a prayer for you and you read, you, you, you repeat line after line, okay? So I said, all right then. So he said a quick prayer. Then he said, right, now just repeat line after line. And it was, Lord Jesus Christ, thank you that you died on the cross for me, for forgiveness. Forgive me for all my sin and come into my heart mm -hmm. and take over my life. Mm -hmm. And then when he finished praying, I started to pray. And I started to say, Lord, if you want me to be different, and give me the desire, because I don't do things out of duty. Give me the joy. Wow. And, and, and I said, Lord, give me the strength and the power, because I can't change myself. I know I can't. Do you know, after we finished praying, after about three hours, I was filled with such a joy. I was like walking on air. I can imagine. Physically, I was on the ground, but my heart was up in the air. I woke up the next morning saying, I'm going to heaven. Praise God. I need to stop you there, because what you just said, you prayed specific personal prayers yes. and from, from our discussion exactly from our discussions for the past few minutes you from a young age you had understood that some people were dead with mm. religion yes no life I did understand and that you clearly. understood those that really had life yes that were that had the power the yes. resurrection power really really living in That's them true. Yes. and um, the prayer that you prayed was personal it was. it was straight and it was direct yes. prayers are not just just babbling and just talking prayers are actually communicating and from what alan has just said here you literally communicated with god so tell us what happened after that well the very next day i went to visit my grandmother and on the way back on the bus i met a young man who'd been in the next cell to me and prior to us being put inside we were both drug pushers. He pushed in one area, I pushed in another area. So there was a lot of camaraderie and a lot of identification. Mm. And on the way back, he asked me uh, to come into the place where I used to push the drugs, which I did. And as I sat there, this heavy depression came upon me. Sure. And he wanted me to go to an all-night dance, which is the sort of thing I would normally do. And also, I'm in the place where I'd feel most at home, and there I am, I've got this depression. And the people that I was living with were going to a prayer meeting that night. And they said, we'll have your tea ready. And when you've had your tea, come to the prayer meeting. So I knew I was late. I said to him, listen, I've got to go home and get my tea. I just knew I had to get out of that place. Just I couldn't stay in that place mm, anymore. Mm -hmm, sure. and, and so I went home and I ate the meal. And I've still got this heavy depression. And then something inside me said, go to the prayer meeting. It may solve the problem. And if it doesn't, I know he'll still be waiting for me. I went to the prayer meeting and the prayer meeting was ending. And who prayed but a guy who'd been on drugs, who'd actually helped the heroin addict to come to know Christ. And he prayed, then the heroin addict prayed, then I prayed, and the joy came back. 
Praise God. And then the next day was a Sunday. Uh-huh. Um, and I went, I went to the, had the Lord's table with the worship and the people, but I didn't stay for the preaching of the word. Okay. I went to a party oh. with the people I'd been living with. Uh-huh. And when I got there, I knew these people for so many years. Mm. I felt like a fish out of water wanted to get out of that place, even though I'd known them for many years. And as I walked away, walking back home to where I was living, the joy came back. Hello. I knew I was coming home. I had a real family. Christianity is not a religion. It's a relationship. And when you speak to someone, naturally, you expect them to respond. And as you, as Alan had given his life to Christ, he had said that prayer from his heart. The, the personal prayer proceeded and God got started. And that was why he was feeling uncomfortable in certain, in, in, in certain places that he went to. And this was just like the next day, not the next year, not the next month. And that's just to really show people that when you pray and you sincerely ask God into your heart, he does respond. He comes and he lives there and he resides. Yeah, I'd like to add more to that. Please. Because within the next two weeks, I kept meeting people I knew because I knew a lot of people who offered to get me drugs cheap. I even oh. had people who offered me drugs, they had them with them and offered it. And I heard myself saying no. I said, did I really say no? Because when you're into drugs, you go around looking for them. And there have been times when I said, I'm not taking anything tonight, I'm tired. But I still go out, I still be motivated. And I look for two hours if I can find any. I mm. go up to find, and here I am being offered them, and I'm saying no. So did I really say that? You know, and that was a transformation exactly. that God did in my heart. And then the next thing that happened was we had to move after a month uh, to a new location, and guess where I moved to? Mm. The same road where I pushed the drugs. On the end of the road was the restaurant where I pushed the drugs, <gasps> and I lived in that road for five years. Talk about temptation. And two, and also two weeks after. They said, would you come out on the street and give out some tracks, Christian leaflets? Uh-huh. And I said, yes. And guess where they got me standing? In f- Outside that restaurant. They didn't know nothing about it. And all oh. my friends come out and started mocking me and got really angry. And the ex-heroin addict was next to me. He got angry with them for mocking me. What? But I wasn't angry. I was filled with joy because I'd known um, my colours sure. to the mast. Exactly. And they knew where I stood, you see. At what but age was this? I would have been about 19, not quite 20, nearly 20. And, and what was good about this was, they said, the drugs have turned his mind. He's gone religious. That's what they <laughs> gone thought. religious. But you know, after a period of time, when they saw it wasn't a fad, the biggest crooks came off drugs and came to life. The biggest crooks the in the biggest. town. The people that I would have looked up to. So-called. Look. I went to one of the guys' baptism. Oh. And then he asked me, would I take his brother to hear Billy Graham at Ells Court? Because Billy Graham came to Ells Court. I took his brother to Ells Court. Wow. This has really challenged me. And, and what I'm really challenged about is, you know, you're just, the, you, you're just evidence. Mm. Pure evidence, a testimony that Christianity is not a religion. It's not a ritual. It's not, you know, going to church, saying the prayers for another hour and then singing for another 10 minutes mm-hmm. and then the message coming. It gets to a point where we get so used to that and we forget that we're in relationship with mm-hmm. our Father. You were predestined. Amen. You were predestined. Because, I mean, when you listen to your story from age five or the chaos, getting mm-hmm. into trouble, and like you said earlier, you said, 
you know, you were given a slate to learn with, mm -hmm. but as far as you're concerned, that slate <laughs> was to it's hit people. somebody on the head, that's for right. goodness sake. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's it. Oh. I received God's love, God's You're agape, God's love, unmerited favour, his grace. He didn't have it. And then the gods, that came into me, of course, yes. and put love in me. Yes. And therefore I've travelled many countries. Happened. What happened in these countries that you've been to? How has God well, manifested? I've seen some amazing things. I remember being in a big football stadium mm. and this lady in a wheelchair, they brought her forward for prayer. Mm -hmm. And these men were screaming and shouting at her trying to get her to walk hmm. and I think they were trying to copy what Jesus did when he walked the earth where he healed the sick. Was this where you were, were you ministering in that stadium or? I had been speaking in the stadium Okay. and then a lot of people come forward for prayer, okay. for healing prayer actually mm -hmm. and they got out the wheelchair but she just collapsed because there was no strength at all in mm. her legs. Mm. I walk over, I walk over, they all left her. So there was, there was one lady with her. So I said, Lord, what do you want for this, Lord? What do you want me to do mm. with this lady? So I said, Lord, heal this lady. I did no shouting, mm -hmm. just quietly. Then I felt in my spirit, God's healed her. Wow. So I said to her, God's healed you. I'm not going to show you up and try and make you walk. Mm. I said to her friend, please help me put her back in the wheelchair. So when you go home, just try and walk. And when she went home, she started walking. God did it. God did it. And it was a healing, not a miracle. Because a miracle happens instantly. Yes. It happened later. But i never forget the time I was in another country. Mm. And this lady came for prayer. Mm -hmm. After my friend of mine had been speaking. I prayed for her. She didn't have an English. I didn't have mm. any of her language. Mm. Obviously, God must have touched her. Because she came back with a, a young man whose eyes were crossed. And a funny grin on his face. It was all spaced out. Mm -hmm. I realised he had like a lunatic spirit on him. They put those sort of people into mental hospitals. Lots of people come forward for prayer. And I said, thank you, Lord, you brought him to me. Mm -hmm. I'm Amen. going to pray with him, Lord, until you heal him. Mm. And I prayed with him. And then he looked me straight in the eyes, a sparkle in his eyes, the grin had gone. And everybody, although they didn't have the language, mm -hmm. seen a notable miracle happen to that young man. Because it happened instantly. So what God's done. I, I remember someone dying and the hospital telling me this person's going to be dead within three days. Mm. Kept turning the oxygen up with an asthmatic, mm -hmm. elderly man. Mm. And I went, I went to his bedside. I opened my mouth to pray for him. And all that came out was, be healed in the name of Jesus. Quietly and authoritative. In English. This man didn't speak any English. So this is in the spirit realm. Hmm. That's called a word of faith, of course. Hmm. The Bible talks about these gifts. Sure. sure. And it's not apart from him, it's because of him. And I could talk many other stories like mm -hmm. that, where, where God got me to pray for people with smallpox and other ailments. I prayed for one girl in England. Hmm. She had AIDS. God healed her. Because when I went back the, the two days later, they had discharged her from the hospital. With a clean slate? With a clean slate. Amen. She's better. Amen. They had, they had diagnosed TB on the chest. Mm -hmm. they had, uh, she was getting renal failure and, and um, a painful kidney. This is, God did it. This is, these are just amazing stories. Whereas I used to harm people, 
God has changed my heart. To heal, to heal. I want us to go back a little bit because we are running out of time. Yeah. Um, there was something I wanted us to touch on. Mm -hmm. I remember because you had you you had from your past life drugs, alcohol, and everything. Yes. But you 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 came off all that through the power of Christ. Yes. Now, the difference between that and the world, and I would not name the organizations that say they help people off these things is you confessed Christ. In these other organizations, the worldly organizations, they tell these, you know, addicts to come in and confess what they want to come off of. I find that very contradictory. You've heard Alan's story. He was actually inspired by a former heroin addict who also came off drugs through the power of Christ, through confessing Christ, not confessing what they wanted to come off on. I need you to think about this. If you're an alcoholic, you're, you're, you're a heroin addict, you're a drug addict, and you have even other, other addictions that are, that are just devilish and evil and just going to kill you off, I need you to confess Christ into your life. Asking into your life. Before the end of this program, we are going to give you that um, opportunity to Invite Christ into your life so that he can heal you and you can start your life on a clean slate. It's very important that you do not confess what you want to come off of. It's contradictory. That's why a lot of people go in and out of rehab, in and out of these so-called organizations that say they're going to help them, but don't. They make money, but you go down in the pit. Only a few percentage of people come off it but not totally. There's still an inkling. When you heard his story, when he wanted to do evangelism, the Lord put him in front of where he actually used to peddle these drugs. And the power of addiction, the power of drugs had no hold on him because Christ was living in him. Alan, I would, was wondering if you could lead the people into prayer. If you want to give your life to Christ, please say these prayers after Alan and Believe me, Christ will come into your life. Yes. Lord Jesus Christ, I thank you that you died on the cross to pay the price of my sin and addictions. Lord, come into my heart and set me free. Set me free from all addictions and all sin by your power. Lord, that I might believe in my heart that you are Lord and confess you with my mouth so that I may be saved. I thank you, Lord, that you hear my prayer. I thank you, Lord, it says, if we ask, we shall receive, that our joy may be full. So fill me with strength and power, ability to walk with you and to have your faith. Father, come into my life now, in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. If you've prayed that prayer, sincerely from your heart trust me christ is living in you for more information you can log on to our website www.beautifulashestalkshow.com and you can get all the information you need about inviting christ into your life and living a christian life and for more information you could email us too at info when you go to the website you'll be able to contact me from there and if you need to get in touch with alan i will forward your details to him that's what Beautiful Rashes is all about. He has exchanged our ashes for his beauty and that's what he wants to do for you today. Whatever ashes you have found yourself in, because we all do, Christ is available. Thank you very much.
for coming on board and thank you thank you for coming god bless you thank you god bless you too You've been listening to Inspiration Time Podcast. If you are blessed with our podcast, please subscribe to it on iTunes and help us spread the word to others. We will also be grateful if you can leave a five-star rating for us on iTunes. Please visit our website at www.encouragedbygod.com for your free Inspiration Time subscriber gift. We hope you will daily continue to cherish and value your relationship with God and that you will remain fervent always in prayer. We also hope that you will continually trust God in all circumstances and always believe in your heart that He is faithful and able to do abundantly and exceedingly more than you can ever dream or expect Him to do for you. Remember, Luke 1.37 says... For with God, nothing shall be impossible. Do stay tuned in to Inspiration Time Podcast and continually rejoice always in Jesus Christ. Remain encouraged by God's Word daily and don't give up on your faith. With your hallelujah worship, put the devil to shame daily, delete worry from your mind, and make sure you enjoy every day with Christ in the brightness of God's glory.